don't get a chance to preach very often, but it's pretty exciting. Pastor Jared has a lot of good messages planned for this year. It's kind of neat seeing him in his office as he's preparing all the messages for the year and all the different themes and stuff, and it's kind of cool how he's organized and getting them all set up for the future. And uh, for me, I enjoy uh, being up here preaching. I started off with being a youth pastor and a children's pastor, and that's pretty much where my calling was. I felt really God had called me to help kids. And my daughter, my son, both my sons have really helped me out back there, and I believe that they serve God today because of those times. So I encourage you, if you know somebody, a family member that has young kids, bring them to church. You know, the word that they receive as a child will not come back void. We know that. And so I encourage you guys, this is a new year, and we always talk about our New Year's resolutions, and a lot of us break them. But we have a God who gives us a promise, and he always fulfills them. So we try our best, God does his best. Amen? So when we try to do it, we will fail, even though we have every good intention on doing what we said we're going to do. But we fail it sometimes. But we know God, every time he promises something, he always fulfills his promise. Amen? So today's message, I kind of want to put a little spin on it instead of a normal New Year's resolution. And I want to really talk about God's promises and what he does for us in our lives. And when I was looking up on the internet just trying to figure out the different resolutions that most people go after, you see the typical eat healthier, get more exercise, save money, like 37% of us put those on our list. And then focus on sleep or get more sleep. How many of you guys like to get more sleep? Yeah, I, especially with kids there, right, Pastor Jared? I can, I can imagine that. And I was just on vacation and, uh, with, at Pastor Steve's condo in Phoenix, and the only bed that was left for me was a, a, a blow-up mattress. And I think the family is, is, they're a little shorter than I am, so Luke and I, when we're on it, our feet either hang off or our head hangs off. And I learned how you have to literally sleep in the very center of it, otherwise you fall off one way or the other. And it's the double stacker, too, so you're at least a couple feet off the ground. And uh, so I came back, I was excited about coming back to get some sleep. So I figured like, this morning, I didn't really want to get up this morning, but I knew I had to get in here and preach, and so I thought, well, hey, I better get myself together. Well, I have like nine New Year's resolutions, and I've already mentally gave up on about six of them. No, seriously, is, is uh, the past year I went to the gym about four times, and my New Year's resolution this year is to cut that in half. <laughs> I think that's always fun to do, but no, seriously, all kidding aside, I think it's important for us to try to find things that we can do to help us become healthier in life. And I think sometimes we focus on the physical, outward appearance, but God really wants to focus on the inside. So there's always something inside that God wants to use us and develop us a little bit deeper. And I really think at this time of year, it's not always about the physical side. I believe that comes when you have a healthy heart and a healthy relationship with God. You know, I learned this a few years ago, and it took me a while to kind of implement it all. You know, sometimes we do things or we know what we're supposed to do, but we don't always do them. You know, the biggest gap is not reading the Word or knowing the Word. It's actually doing the Word. So sometimes we know what we're supposed to do. We know how we're supposed to eat. We know how we're supposed to exercise. But how do we do it? You know, if we all did the, the um, to-do list and we knew how to do it, we'd all be skinny and rich right now. You know, I wouldn't have to worry about, you know, putting that fork down. I always remember my grandmother would say the best way you have a choice in life. You can push yourself away from that table, Jake. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll try that next time. 
But, you know, really what we need to know is that we need God's help. A lot of times we're trying to do it on our own. We, we check mark a little box. And I, I've seen it on fridges where you mark it, hey, you accomplished that today. But really what we need to do is realize that we need God. God created us to work in conjunction with him, work in unity with him. And the more we try to do it on our own, the more we struggle. In our flesh, the word of God says our flesh is weak. But God's spirit inside us as a believer is strong. So we need the spirit of God to really help us during this time as we make our New Year's resolutions. And I like to look at it more like not a lifestyle change, but a life change. Is there something inside you that you need to get more in tune with God? And you think about this is that you can change your lifestyle, but that doesn't really change your eternity. It doesn't change your path that God has for you. I want to change the path that God wants for me, not do the path that I want to do for myself. There's times I've had jobs in different positions and places that I thought they were great and made good money, but it never really fulfilled me inside. The only way you can be fulfilled is through God. You can always do something that you think you like to do, but if you're not in the pla a plan or the place where God ha wants you, you're always going to struggle or always have this divide in your spirit. And we know that God wants us to be in junction with him, working with him in unity with him. He created us to work with him. When he created us, he was picturing us working alongside him. Be hand in hand with him. He never wanted us to do it on our own. How many of you guys sometimes think you're a little bit too independent? I, I, I can raise my hand. I'm just turning 50 and I'm still learning. So I'm still young. I got a lot of years ahead of me, but I'm still learning. I think about what I knew 10 years ago. I wish I would know to known much sooner. I'm learning it along the way. Amen. So with God, he can take our missteps and turn them into an accomplishment. God can take our loss and turn it into a win. I can show you in the Bible, Moses, he went from prince to fugitive. And then when God got a hold of him, he went from shepherd to leader. Gideon went from hiding to a hero. Esther, orphan, fatherless to queen. And we look in the New Testament, he got Peter. Here he is. When Jesus is getting ready to be crucified, he is cowering and denying Christ three times to a little kid. And yet, a couple months later, he's preaching to 3,000. That's what God can do when he gets a hold of your life. He can take what you can't do and make it happen. Amen? So when we try to do something in our own flesh and blood, we are going to fail. That's why everybody has cheat days. That's my favorite day of the week, by the way. I try to do it a little differently. I try to do it six days a week, a cheat day, and one day I try to eat healthy. <laughs> Thank you, Ali. And then the other person I was thinking about was Paul, who was Saul, a murderer, a terrorist. And God, he became Paul on the road to Damascus, and now he became God's chosen apostle and wrote over eight books of the Bible. It's pretty amazing how God can take something that is nothing, that, that seems worthless or seems that it's just going on a, a, a path of destruction and turn it around for good. So what was in our past in 2018 and the mistakes we made, we can turn it around in 2019 to make a life change, a God change for our lives. Amen? I'm so happy that God is a God of second chances. I believe that I've had three or four or five or six chances in my lifetime. 
But I'm so grateful that I can stand you here today knowing that God is the one who saved me. Everything good in my life came from God. Everything good that has happened to me, I give God credit for it. I believe if I give God credit for it, there's more things to come in my future. So 2018 was good. 2019 is going to be better. Amen? Let's look in the Bible. I'm going to read from Romans 4. I'm going to kind of jump around between two translations on this reading here. And it's uh, Romans 4.18, but then I'm going to do like a little bit of 19 and 20 and 21. And it says, he dared. So I want to give you a little bit of background. This is Abraham. And he was told that he's going to have a child after he was 100 years old and his wife was 90. Talk about no ability to have children. And yet God's telling him that when you look up at the stars of the sky, your children are going to be numbered after them. And that's pretty amazing when you think about it. I'm already at 100 years old, but wait, my life's already over. I mean, I've already stopped having kids. I've had three. I'm done. And you think, here's Abraham standing before God, and God says, this is what's going to happen to you. And he dared to trust God to do what only God could do. Raise the dead to life with a word. Make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless. How many of you guys feel that sometimes? When things are hopeless, Abraham believed anyway so when things are hopeless I'm going to believe anyways when things don't seem to be going my way I'm going to keep trusting God when things are not going how I feel they should go I'm going to trust God that he's got a bigger plan than my plan Abraham believed anyways deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do but on what God said he would do amen and then in the next one in NIV version I'm going to skip over. Yet he did not waver. How many times do we say, how come we haven't got our prayers answered yet? How many times we sit in a situation, we're like, man, God, what's going on in the situation? Well, I know that God's usually waiting for us to get in line with him. So yet he did not waver through unbelief. Say unbelief. So that is the killer to your faith. We have to trust God that when he makes a promise, he fulfills it. And what's good about having the Bible is we see how he made promises in the past. And I know right now, each one of you that are here today have seen God work in in your today. And we know God, who is a faithful God, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So through, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. How, how many times that when something negative goes on, you want to just complain? And here he is saying, I'm going to give glory to God even though I don't see it. I haven't seen my miracle. I haven't seen the results of what I've been praying for. But I'm going to believe and give glory to God during that time. Being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Amen. So my first point is, God keeps... The promises he makes. And what I love about God, he doesn't just stop at just giving you the promises he makes, but he says they're also for your children. So I know that I'm standing here today not because of how great I was, but how great God is, and how my parents paved the way before me, and they serve God, and because they serve God, I'm here serving God today. And the second point is God's promises are for now. 
They're for today. They're current. They're not Old Testament stories. They're happening today. There's people in this congregation that have been healed from cancer, been healed from sickness, been healed from disease, have had their finances turned around, have had new jobs placed before them. We know that God is doing a work in this congregation. He's doing a work in the church. Let's look at Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 23. Let's get a little scripture for foundation on this one here. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. Say this with me. God is faithful. He keeps his promises. Amen. Right there was a statement of faith. You're actually filling your spirit. The more we speak it, there's times I said things when I, in my flesh, I didn't feel it. There's times I didn't feel like doing it. If you look at God's word, it contains literally over thousands of promises. And I'm just naming a few today. So as you read the Word of God, if you go through the Word of God and not look at all some of the stuff that's in there that you're like, I'm not sure what's going on with this, but just look at His promises. It's going to blow you away. I look at this when I was telling you earlier about how my parents kept me alive through their prayer, just like I'm doing with my daughter. I remember this time in high school, <clears throat> we thought we were always so cool driving around. You know how young guys are. We thought we were indie car drivers. And we had a place in Sun Prairie called the Sun Prairie pits and it was really a rock quarry so you would take vehicles over there and sneak in through the the gates and you know go along the trees and get in there and you do all kinds of crazy things to your car sometimes going up steep hills and down and it was basically a deep quarry pit uh, I remember even sneaking Missy in there and going swimming there one time when I dated her in high school but I was with one of my best friends Chris and he just got this new Toyota truck had it jacked up. It was all great. We're like, let's see what it can really do. And as I'm going through this, the Sun Prairie Pits, he actually got it stuck going into it, and we got into these ruts. And, and he's sitting there, you know, we're always bragging between us who can drive better. And uh, so I get out there, and, and he's stuck. He can't move anywhere. And I get out there, and I can see that he hasn't locked in. You know, the old ones you had to lock in the, front, the four-wheel drive? He hadn't locked them in yet. And I just said kind of, you know, smart alecky. He said, hey, if I can get it out of here, you'll let me drive? And he says, yeah, you can't get it out. I tried. I, you know, I'm a better driver than you. So I go in there, and he says, sure. So I go in there and lock the four-wheel drive in and pulled right out, of the, right out of the ruts, right? So now the whole time we're kind of ribbing each other back and forth, so we're now climbing hills where when you go up, you have to go straight back down. You can't actually go sideways on these hills. They're steep, you know, and so we're going up this hill, so he's always playing with me and would lock in the emergency brake and say, oh, see, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to drive kind of stuff. So as we get to the top of this hill, we're kind of teetering on the very tippy top. And as I get ready to go over, he grabs the emergency brake. And we start sliding sideways. And it was, I don't know if you've ever been in an accident, but it was like in slow motion. We just started kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Just started rolling. I don't even know how many times. All I remember is that, his cigarette lighter, when we were in high school, was used for coins. All I remember is the coins coming up and coming back down, coming up, coming back down. And a miracle of God is that we didn't get injured, and we landed on all four wheels. We look up on the hill, and there's all the stuff that was in the back of his bed of his truck was all laying on the hill. And I'm like, man, we're, we're alive. We're like, you know, 
amazed that we can do it. And, then, and we're looking around there, the windshield's all cracked. The front of the truck is all smashed down. We really can't get out. We had to kick out the side windows just to get out. And so here's this beautiful truck that he had that he's like, man, this is my pride and joy. I mean, he was bragging about how great it was. So we actually had to, we couldn't get it out of four-wheel drive. So we, it, was, it was kind of rocking, just driving kind of funny. He was still driving. We were able to get to John Lancaster, which is just really close to the Sun Prairie Pits. And we went in there and said, okay, we just rolled our truck. I mean, can you imagine what they were thinking as we drove up on the lot? This truck's all smashed over. And, and I mean, it's, it's crashed. And uh, we go up there, and he says, it's totaled. It is, it is totaled. You're not going to get your monies back out of it. And so obviously it was, it was a sad moment. You know, make a long story short, he eventually, his dad owned Napa Auto, so they did a lot of auto repair parts, so he was able to get parts for him. But they turned it into a convertible top. That's the only way they could save it. <laughs> so it's something that's used down south, not so much here. But, you know, I look at that time, and I know that my mom and my dad were praying for me. It was only by the grace of God that we landed back on the tires and that, you know, one of our arms or our head went out the, the window. And how God protected us even though we were stupid. You know, I started, I started being stupid somewhere around 17. And some will say I haven't gotten out of it yet. But, you know, around 27 I started to learn a little bit better how to do things. And where God started getting a hold of my life. But it's crazy how sometimes we don't even realize that God is protecting us. And so when you have a child or you have a loved one, God is not only going to take care of you, but he's going to take care of your children. Let's turn in Isaiah 41. And God wants, to, wants you to let you know that you can be confident in troubled times because we serve a faithful God. We serve a faithful God, amen? Telling you, you're my servant, Serving on my side. I've picked you. I haven't dropped you. Don't panic. I'm with you. So God's saying, you're, you're not my servant by accident. I picked you to be my servant. I haven't dropped you. Just because you do stupid things, I'm not dropping you. You might go through those times, those struggles, and those trials, but I'm there for you. So he said, I like this. Don't panic. Ah! Don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I'm your God. I'll give you strength, and I'll help you. So he's not only going to protect you, but when you're getting at your lowest point, God's going to give you the strength to get through it. Do you know that every situation, some of you guys have been through some extreme situations in your life, but every situation that you go through, God says you will be able to handle it. The Word of God says that every test that comes your way has been tested by heaven to know that you can handle what you're going to face, that you have the strength to get through it. Now, when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't feel like it. I always say when you're getting to the end and you feel like you're going to give up, you can tell you're at the end because Satan starts throwing the kitchen sink at you, everything. But you know your victory is right around that corner. I'll hold on to you steady, keeping a firm grip on you. Count on it. Everyone who had it in for you will end up in the cold, real losers. So God's saying not only that anybody that comes against you, I'm going to take care of them. They're not going to benefit from you. I'm going to take care of you. Those who worked against you will end up empty-handed, nothing to show for their lives. When you go out looking for your old adversaries, you won't find them. 
How many of you guys have enemies? Guess what? When you have God on your side, you won't find them. We just need to turn it over to God. God, because, you know, God wants to have a relationship with them too, even though we don't always want a relationship with them, right? God loves everybody. He just has a covenant connection with me. Maybe not them yet, but he would love to. So I'm going to leave that alone and let God take care of that. I think Holly always has a statement about that, don't you? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, right? <laughs> I've heard that a lot behind the scenes a few times, okay? I'm not sure she's talking about me sometimes, but... So through faith, we receive what God has promised. So it's the faith and the trust that we put in God, we get what God has promised us. Amen? So we don't have to be, we don't have to have it all together. All we have to do is put our trust in the right things, and the right people, God. We put our trust in other people, they're going to fail us, just like I would fail you sometimes. None of us are perfect. We're all in this together. We need each other. Don't worry, I got you, God says. I promise. I love this part here. This is where I spend a lot of my time doing this. There's a lot of things that come against me, and people will accuse my father of being uh, very optimistic. So in the Old Testament, in the OT, the people of Israel would, be, would bring out the singers and the praisers and place them in front of the army. These are people that had no skills in fighting a war because God knows every fight that we have is a spiritual fight. So he'd bring out the praisers and the singers ahead of them to, to handle the business. So when we are at our wit's end, instead of us using our tongue and saying negative things towards somebody, we just need to start praising God and start singing. And there's times when we do that, there's a certain spirit that goes over you and a peace that comes on you when you're doing that. Amen? You know, it's, it's amazing when you start giving God praise that your problems seem to dissipate. I mean, they're still around and they're still hovering around, but you don't seem to feel that pressure that it's squeezing you. Do the opposite of what we feel like doing. Start praising God. How many times when you're going through something terrible, you just kind of close yourself off? Some people are either very verbal or they close themselves off. God says, start praising me right now when you don't feel like it. Stop looking at all that was lost or wrong or bad in 2018. That's in the past. We need to start praising God for what we have and what he's going to do. Amen? Man, if that doesn't make you praise God, oh my goodness. Life sometimes can be tough. So I don't want to sugarcoat everything and think everything's just going to be easy. Because the word of God says it rains on the just and the unjust. We are going to go through tough times. But we have the promise that God is with us. And that he will take care of us. I mean, he knows the number of hairs on our head. He thinks that everything about you is significant. Not one thing that you have going in your life, God wants to be part of every part of it. I love it. You can say to the enemy, is that all you can do to me? When we praise God, Satan can't stand it. The word says... God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we praise God, God inhabits us. That's part of our relationship with God, trusting him when we don't feel like it. This is a new year, exercising fear out and faith in. When you hear God's word, faith comes and fear 
flees. My next point is we all need help. I know we all like to be independent, and I think that's kind of an American trait, or a trait of people who come to our country even too. They had that spirit of adventure. But we couldn't do it without help. And we need each other. I think sometimes we feel like we don't need to ask for something. There's a pride factor that comes on that we don't need help. That's why a lot of us, as I get, I'm speaking to myself, don't want to go to the doctor. Don't need the help, you know, I'm feeling fine. Every time I go there, they find something wrong with me. You know, I don't want to go, but we need the help. God places people in our lives for a reason, to help us. It's a balance. I mean, my wife balances me out. She was sent there for a reason. If I didn't have her, I wouldn't pay a single bill. They're not getting my money. And the Word of God says that when one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. So God's saying is that we have 10 times the power together than we do alone. But wouldn't it be great to go into battle with 10 times more power than the other person? It's not a one-on-one -on -one fight anymore. So look at the word promised. And it says, assure someone that one will definitely do something. So when God gives a promise, he's assuring you that he will definitely do it. Promised believing in a faithful God. Amen? Exodus, I'm going to just give you guys a couple little things here about some of the protections and some of the promises that God has. In Exodus 23 and 24, I just kind of, I'm not going to read the whole verse, obviously, but I'm just going to give you guys a little highlights to this stuff and so you guys can start believing God in your own life. Number one, he gives us protection. 24-7. The Word of God says that he even sends an angel to watch over us. If we could see... In the spiritual realm, there is all kinds of battles going on around to protect us and take care of us. There's things happening that we're not even aware of. That when something's coming against us and God's sending an angel to help protect us in that situation. So we have 24-hour, 24-7 protection. This year, my favorite gift by far was the doorbell ring. I wasn't sure when Pastor Steve gave it to me this year if I would like it. But here I am on my vacation watching everybody come to my house I'm glad I can say this now because she's gone but Emma was watching her house and I was watching her shovel my driveway and how she made little squares and did all these different things and I saw my dad pull up there with a four-wheeler trying to plow for me and he calls her Haley which is her sister's name so you don't do that to the siblings you know and so I text him right away that's Emma from the doorbell ring and he's like she called you that fast? I go, no, I could hear what was going on. <laughs> By far, it was my favorite thing, but 24-7 protection. You know, you can see what's going on in your house. God will make your enemies his enemies. That's the next point. Is God will make who comes against you his enemies. He's out there to take care of those enemies. The Word of God says that he will kick the snakes and the scorpions out of our path. That means any dangerous situation that's coming ahead of us, when we're putting trust in God and we're being faithful and trusting a faithful God, he's going to kick out those snares, those things that will trip us up. God gives you prosperity, and I put it in parentheses, spiritual prosperity. A lot of times we think of just finances, but prosperity is in every area of your life. The job that you want, the family relationships that you want, the spiritual relationship with God that you want, God created us that only he alone can satisfy us. 
We try to find satisfaction in every situation in this world has to offer, but God created this world for us. We should find our satisfaction in God and Him alone. God will take sickness away from you. And again, this, this is close to my family's heart because I've seen my family go through these things. Cancer and sicknesses and how God miraculously helped our family. It was painful to go through it. It was hard to go through it. But our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. And he takes care of us through every situation that we face. So God will heal you. These are his promises. So when you hear these things, we know every time we have a sickness, who do we need to go to? Because he promised that. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have challenges and we're going to have to build our faith and trust God. But he's saying that he will take care of you. God will increase your life. Give you a long life. I love how Pastor Chuki used to always say that you're not going to leave this earth until you fulfill the purpose that God has for you. So when your purpose is done, then he said he'll take you and I'm, and I'm ready to go when that purpose is done. But while I'm here, God's going to give me long life so I can do the purpose that he has for my life. 2019 is just a beginning. I'm going to have the worship team come up here. On your little uh, paper, your bulletin, it says, promised believing in a faithful God. Underneath that, I want you to think long and hard of 2019. And I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution. I'm talking about a life resolution. I want you to write something down underneath that. And I want you to keep this. Because we want to hear testimonies this year of what God's doing. So this is going to be what you and God are doing together. Not what you're doing on your own. Not just a weight loss program or a workout program. But what you're believing God for. It could be a family member saved. It could be a healing in your life. It could be a new job, but God is going to do it with you, and we're going to give God credit for this, amen? So 2019 is your year, not just a lifestyle change, a new life begins this year. It begins today, amen? So write down something that you, that's on your heart. I know each person here has something that really gets to the core of their life, something that affects them, and they've been believing God and saying, hey... I'm not sure if this is going to take place. Something that's deep, something that's spiritual. I'm going to get closer to God. I'm going to spend more time with God. I'm going to believe God for this healing. Something that really means something to you. And we're going to pray over this and we're going to believe God today. This is where it starts. And I just threw in a scripture at the very end. Isaiah 43 says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. Amen? Let's all stand. Life wasn't meant to be a burden or hardship. God created life to be a privilege. We need to praise God for the good that He has done. Praise Him for what He's going to do this year in 2019. I'm here to encourage you guys that your story is not complete. It hasn't been written yet. 2019 is a new chapter and a new beginning. Amen? God will take your failure and turn it into an achievement. God will take your deficit and turn it into a benefit. God will take your decline 
and turn it into an increase. Amen? Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning. And we are so grateful for you that you have good things in store for your children. And I love you and I praise you. I know everything in life hasn't always gone my way, but God, you have always been there to help pick me up through my darkest moment and my most trying times. And God, I know you're here today because you were there with me yesterday and you'll be with me in my future. And I thank you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to give a moment for, if you feel you don't have that relationship with God or saying, Pastor, listen, I've been back and forth and I'm raising my hand. I've been there before. I've been back and forth with God sometimes and I need to make sure I start 2019 out good with God. That I'm going to start living up to my full potential that God has for me. Pastor, I want to make a change for 2019 today. I want to get closer to God this morning. Just raise your hand and just to show God that you're serious about what your decision that you're making. That 2019 is a new beginning. 2019 is the time when I start really living for God. And God, I thank you this morning. For everyone who raised their hand and every choice that they're making this morning, that God, you're with them. And God, you love them. Let's all hold up your little slip of paper or just your hand if you are believing God for something this morning. I want to encourage you. I want to be there for you. We need each other. We need God's help. God, we're believing today that these things that we are asking for, in Jesus' name, it be done. We get a closer relationship with you. We get healing in our family. We get restoration. We get provision. God, we trust you that whatever you promise, you will do. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen.